Welcome to the Public Storyteller. My name is Michael Stock with Dr. Karen Neal. Karen is a professional storyteller and teaches at Florida Atlantic University. Hi, Karen. Hello, Michael. What story do you have today? Michael, here's a little bit different of a story. This is by a professional storyteller who's performing next Saturday here in the area. Her name is Megan Wells. He launched to the edge of the nest. He gripped it with his talons and leaned forward, pressing his curved yellow beak into the wind to taste the air. It was changing. A coolness in it, prophesying the coming of winter. He was changing, too. The feathers on the top of his head had all gone white. And his tail feathers, too. Just like his mother and his father, they changed, too. Mother now was always edging him, pushing him. He was so large, pushing him over to the edge of the nest, to this place, to stand at its edge. The last time she had done that, he had learned how to fly. But father, father looked at him. A touch of threat sundered their bond. He had a new song. Find her. Find her. Find a her. Find a her. He launched. He launched into the air. He spread his wings, a six-foot wing span. He flew over the familiar trees. For five years, he had hunted here, only here with his family. But now, find her, find her. That song inside his blood lifted him higher, and he flew to the very edges of his known world. Beyond the trees, there was a river, many crossing rivers, but they did not move. These rivers were white, and the trees were sparse, and there were creatures that walked on two legs, and they went inside little boxes that seemed to move along the rivers. And they went inside other big boxes, and they did not come out. How long, how long, these white rivers, until at last he spied and more woods. He lifted himself high. No, no, not enough. He ached for that smell, that smell of water rushing over stones. He knew he needed a river. On and on and on he flew. Always that song guiding him, his yellow beak curved northward like a compass. Higher as he tired into the thermal winds, he hung carried on the air, dreaming until at last he saw a place beyond the white stone rivers and two-leggeds with their moving boxes and boxes that stay still. Yes was a big forest. Down, down, closer and closer, close enough to taste, 
With his beak, he could taste, yes, 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 there would be a river, and he could hear it now, and he aimed himself, and he saw the river. It was a rushing river, and there at the river was a her, the female eagle. At the edge of the river, she was down at its edge. She had wrestled a salmon. That silver flash caught his eye. He swung himself around in the air to a perfect altitude so he might see her, so she might see him. And he changed his finger feathers to catch just the right. That's it. Now he dived, he dived, and he spun. And he arced and he rose and he spun and dived sixty miles an hour. She was busy with the salmon, <laughs> tearing at the pink flesh. She was five years old, too. The feathers on the top of her head had also gone white. And her tail feathers had gone white, and her mother and father looked at her differently now, and her sister had gone first. Away, away, with a song in their blood. Find a hymn, find a hymn, a hymn, a hymn, a hymn, a hymn for a hymn. This place had strong trees, a rich river, and she began to build a nest. And now the salmon finished, she looked up, and there he was. A strong eagle. She flew to her nest. She hung at its edge. It was not fully built yet. She did not linger long. She knew. She flew up to his altitude until she was eye to yellow eye with him, beak to beak. They both hung there in the wind. And then she grabbed his talons with hers and pulled him out of the air. Female eagles are larger, heavier than the male eagles, and they began to plummet by her weight. They plummeted, and he knew he could only wait for her to open her wings. When she opened her wings, it nearly threw him from her grip, but he, on instinct, matched her opening, and it took them falling and rolling and spinning to turn this terror of falling into dance, until almost crashing into our earth, she let him go so that they might arc and ascend and clutch and fall again, again and again, learning their timing, looping, spinning, almost to the earth, let go, arc, ascend, clutch again, fall. The bald eagles fall in love on the wing. Megan Wells, a story about what eagles do. And an unusual story, Karen. It didn't really have a beginning or an end. And I think, you know, at first I was a little nonplussed by that, I have to say, and, and wondered, did we miss something? And then when I heard the whole story, I got it. You know, if we had had somebody tell their slice of life public storyteller story from South Florida, we would have said, you need a beginning, you need a middle, you need an end. But 
artists are allowed to break the rules a little bit. And when an artist like Megan Wells, who has been doing this 40 years and is a superstar in the world of professional storytellers, comes from Chicago, by the way, and a much awarded theater person and storyteller. And when a person like Megan Wells breaks the rules, you got to say, hmm, what's she trying to say? And in this case, you're exactly right. She, this is life that's been gone on for millions of years. We can uh, suspect with eagles, it's going to uh, continue, we hope, for millions more years. And we just caught them in the middle of their life cycle. And we just left them in the middle of the life cycle. I thought I was listening to an audio version of a National Geographic documentary. And it was such a gorgeous documentary because she did a beautiful job of describing. In fact, we could have closed our eyes and seen everything. This is one of the differences between professionals and amateurs. The amateur storytelling that we all do in life is absolutely crucial and it's everyday artistry and this kind of artistry and this is not by the way the kind of story she'll be telling in uh, Boca Raton next week but this kind of artistry takes a lot of years to learn how to use detail like that how to use your voice like that and how to make a story come alive so that we felt like we were watching a documentary inside our heads. As I say, she's going to be doing something very, very different in Boca Raton next week. She is, among other things, a Chautauqua-style storyteller. A Chautauqua storyteller is somebody who follows a tradition from the Chautauqua New York retreats that have been going on for, oh, well over 100 years, I believe. Uh, it's a style of performance where they take on the persona of their subject. So instead of telling the story of somebody, they are that person. And some of them not only dress up as that person, but they even after their performance, they actually answer questions as that person. Next week's performance at the Boca Raton Public Library, she's taking on the persona of Meep Geese, and I may be mispronouncing that, M-I-E-P-G-I-E-S. She is known for being one of the people who hid Anne Frank in the secret annex in Amsterdam during World War II. This is next Saturday, October 21st at 4 p.m. at the Boca Raton Public Library. It's a free show for more information go to bocalibrary.org. We'd also like to hear from amateur storytellers. Uh, if our listeners would like to tell their story, Karen, how can they get in touch with you? And we're looking, of course, for South Florida stories that happen to you. Please email me at cneil, that's C-N-E-I-L-E, at fau.edu. And I'll send you instructions, and uh, that's all I need. Dr. Karen Neal is a professional storyteller and teaches at Florida Atlantic University. My name is Michael Stock. The Public Storyteller returns next Sunday. 